We are a group of friends bound by our appreciation for liberty and good podcasting. Free-minded thinkers from all walks of life, our values come together with one accord to discuss the common culture and news of the day, along with whatever random crap is going on in our lives. Welcome to the Union of the Unknowns. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Union of the Unknowns. Really glad you could join us. Thanks for having us in your ears. <laughs> Good to see my buddies here. Keel Thor, welcome. Hey, yeah. Hey. Big Perm, always good to see you. Hey, good to see everyone. And our guest today is uh, somebody I've met through another group on Telegram, actually, what WTF Forum. <laughs> I've also been on his uh, podcast called Whole Lot of Nothing. And I thought it'd be nice to have OG onto our podcast, Union of the Unknowns. Welcome, OG. Thanks for joining us. Thank you all for having me. Happy to be here. Excellent. So we had a bit of a chat recently about uh, a few things, mainly talked about me, which was my worst subject. <laughs> but uh, I really liked what we were talking about before we actually hit record, um, which was really interesting because you have quite a, I thought, a very interesting history of, um, uh, is it shooting competitions and yeah, going, yeah. going back a couple of generations, I believe. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, I can get into that if we want to just knock it out first. So I shot competitively for nine years. Um, I don't know if you would say I was good enough, but I ended up uh, getting a scholarship to do that. Uh, looking back now, I wish I hadn't have done it. It did pay for a lot of my school, but it kind of ruined shooting for me. Uh, so I did that for nine years. Uh, my dad uh, shot a lot uh, more when I was a kid. Um, but, you know, when you've got children, which I'm assuming at least one of y'all might have a younger or two running around. You kind of have to put your hobbies on the back burner. So uh, when I was in the eighth grade, I started shooting um, and that was kind of our big connection. So he had shot. Uh, my uncle had also shot. Uh, now, this is mainly trap. Um, and he had won a ring at the uh, Grand American, which is kind of the, the big deal of the uh, American Trap Shooters Association uh, back in the day. And then my grandfather also had won some stuff. They're both in the Hall of Fame in the state that I live. So, oh, um, wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's probably kind of like being a, you know, a, a donor or something you know, or a, a lobbyist. You know, you give somebody enough money, they eventually have to, you know, put your name down. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, sh I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm accomplished at anything. Uh, but I did shoot uh, skeet, sporting clays, trap. Uh, I shot some, uh, they call it SASP. Um, What's and, that? Uh, so it's Scholastic Action Shooting Program. That was kind of what it was all under. Uh, or uh, uh, action, uh, yeah. So there's the SCTP, which is like the Scholastic Clay Target Program. And then, which is, you know, more like your sporting clays, your trap, probably things you're more familiar with. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's like seeing at the Olympics. Uh, and then the action or the SASP is more like uh, you might know it as maybe like steel challenge. Uh, it's more like shooting handguns and uh, 22 rifles and and like nine millimeters at, you know, steel plates for time. Right. So, okay. Um, okay. Oh, a time thing, is it? Time-based? Yes, yes, it's, right. it's a time thing. And then... Um, that must be you know, stressful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if I would have cared more, I probably would have been a lot better at it. That's uh, that's just kind of my cross to bear. I, you know, I, I tend to, you know, when I lose interest in stuff, I you know, that's just kind of it. Um, but, you know, that's, I guess that's part of growing up is, you know, being able to <laughs> recognize your flaws and, you know, yeah. try to try to, you know, find the best way to, you know, I guess, fix the situation. I'm, I'm still learning that one. I try to care more, but the problem I run into now is I care too much. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, right. full, full pendulum swing. Well, I'd imagine you must have been reasonably good because in a, a state where, sh see, it's strange for me because in Australia, we did, guns is not just sort of part of our life, but in a, in a state where I'd imagine guns is just an everyday thing, there's must be some fairly stiff competition. 
Um, yes and no. Um, you know, like I, I did a lot of shooting. I shot a lot of ATA, and I was not good at it for the longest time. Um, I mean, it's kind of like running or anything, right? You got to do it a lot to get good at it. So mm-hmm. uh, when I kind of transitioned to shooting that more than the the you know high school and college stuff i got a lot better at it but it was also due to the sheer amount of volume that i was shooting so you know pretty much all you do is shoot you're gonna get decent at it i mean you know from maybe an outsider's perspective maybe some of the scores that i would have shot sound good but you know when it's kind of the 99 and 100 game you know, if you're if you're not right there neck and neck with the big boys, you might as well just go back to the, you know, camper and drink beer. So, <laughs> OK, fair enough, which I might have done a little bit of. But <laughs> the social the social aspect is kind of what made me enjoy shooting as much as I did. Um, yeah. You know, being okay. part of the community and and all that. That's the thing I miss the most. Yeah. I wish I had yeah. my beer back. <laughs> yeah, there must be a whole community that goes along with all that, which is a big part of it, isn't it? So I'm going to guess that you're – are you a pretty good pool player, snooker player, what have no, you? No, no, I'm actually horrible at pool. Really? I'm also horrible at darts. No, really? Okay, because that was I, my next question. <laughs> now, and I, I like bowling. That's another one, but I'm yep. horrible at it. I mean, if I can put the ball down the middle of the lane, you know, I'm probably going to knock, you know, eight to ten pins out. But the problem is getting it down. It's all, <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a really bad release. I've figured that out. But if I can, if I can line up and get a good release, you know. Oh, it's all about knowing when to let go. That's a good philosophy of life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, amen to that. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just asking because usually um, good shooters generally, it's like there's. I see in my myself anyway. I'm pretty. I'm not that great at sports. I'm not the, really that interested. Um, but I'm quite good at the hand-eye coordination thing. It's also it's almost like a second and a different class of sport. So usually, yeah, usually when you're a reasonable pool player or something, you're probably good at shooting and good at, you know, that kind of thing. So that's yeah. why I was asking. But um, yeah. I was really good it's at golf rule. when I was a kid. And, I mean, I yeah. could, you know, knock the crap out of a baseball or anything. Um, yeah. I, I say I have crackhead reflexes, but, you know, now when, you know, some of the stuff <laughs> I've been exposed to, I just kind of, you know, I don't jump. I don't flinch. I just kind of kind of look, okay, well, you know, well, let's just move on to something a little less exciting. <laughs> yeah. yeah so um perm have you got anything to say there um i'm with you on the different kind of sport thing a buddy of mine i'd say he's average athlete but he's fantastic at fantastic at any of those bar games pool and uh darts and anything like that hmm. um as far as shooting i don't have a whole lot of experience nothing like competition or anything i've gone with buddies and stuff and i own guns but last summer i did get a really cool experience uh i got to go to the olympic biathlon training center um soldier hollow near park city utah and they let us shoot the biathlon 22 rifles and that was pretty cool oh yeah but that's about my fun experiences with guns yeah fair enough so, um, I mean, my impression as an Aussie is that pretty much everybody's got at least one gun. Is that right? I mean, I don't know. This is such a stereotypical sort of impression, I suppose. But um, it just seems to me like I, I can't see how they're going to disarm America. But, I mean, we don't need to get into all the conspiratorial sort of thing, but it just looks like an immense job. <laughs> what, yeah, what are your thoughts on all that? everybody on the center and right probably have guns and the lefties are against them. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I don't know if this is correct, but I think I remember reading something not long ago about something like, there was something like three or four guns to every person, man, woman, and child. <laughs> well, That's good luck with true. I have friends that have hundreds. Right, okay. Shh. <laughs> yeah, it's good that they're friends. I'm glad. Yeah, I know where <laughs> I'm going if shit is the fan. <laughs> yeah, I am. Why yeah, Stella, I do want to say one thing about, you know, the culture, right? I mean, I'm from the South, right? You know, hunting, you know, shooting, that's kind of a rite of passage when you hit a certain age. 
So, you know, culturally, I don't think that we'll ever, you know, see guns go away. I do think, you know, that there will be further restrictions, unfortunately. I mean, whether you abide with them, you know, your mileage may vary. It's not legal advice. Um, but, um, you know, there's a lot of people out there that you would not think have guns that do. And the more and more I talk to people trying to, you know, kind of get out of my comfort you know, zone, you know, they all kind of seem to have them for the, the same reasons, right? The bump in the night or, you know, well, things are getting really bad. I mean, I think the, uh, the COVID, whatever you want to call all of the stuff that happened in 2020 was a wake up call for a lot of people, maybe not just in the U S but worldwide, because, you know, it's like we're living in the twilight zone now. That's for sure. That's isn't it incredible? It is, and uh, like I see, I see pictures of um, in you know from America, of you know people just walking around in the street, young teenage girls. Well, I don't know. That's my assumption. They look young, maybe early twenties, whatever. And you know they just walk around and they're carrying open carry, and it's like it's just normal. And it's like that's the society I want to live in. <laughs> that's that's probably the safest place to be is when everybody's got a gun. So. I mean, in so many senses, against each other <laughs> and also yeah, against authority, of course. It's a cliche saying, but they say an armed society is a polite society, and I think there's <laughs> something to that for sure. Oh, absolutely. There is another good uh, quote. It's God made all men equal. What is it? Sam Colt made them more equal. <laughs> yeah, it's something along those lines but yeah um yeah I, I would say you know guns have been i mean very instrumental to me um i don't i don't want to just beat this to death but you know i've i've made a lot of good connections i mean it's no different than being involved in racing or you know the liberty movement or uh music right you know it's mm -hmm. just about making connections you know meeting people and networking you know i mean yeah. We're, none of us are that different. I mean, unless you're a communist, you know, but <laughs> we won't get into that. Yeah, well, hopefully they're at the other end of the gun. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but um, it's, yeah, it's, I sort of wish it was a society like that still here. But uh, anyway, it's not. Australia's just uh, <laughs> sitting duck, basically, I think, in one sense. There's still a lot of guns here, though. It's a little bit of a misconception to say that we've been fully disarmed, because that's not actually the case. Uh, it's, but we're very fully restricted in the sense of um, uh, gun cabinets. I, I have talked about this before, but I'll, I'll say it again because it's relevant. Gun cabinets have to be um, a certain size, what have, what have you. The gun has to be locked up in the gun cabinet in your house and any ammunition has to be locked up separately away from the gun and things can't be loaded at any point like pre-loaded um so yeah i mean if you need a gun in a hurry it's quite a rigmarole to get all your keys and unlock things and <laughs> get them in a hurry which is the whole point and i believe don't quote me and i don't know if it's the same in all states but i believe they can basically sort of come around and you know check your cabinet as well yeah, that's what Drew said. Uh, you know, talking with him, I, I thought maybe things were a little more draconian than they were. And I mean, from my perspective, it's it's rough, but they're not near as bad as I thought they were after talking with him. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. All things considered, it's just a lot of hoops to jump through. Yeah, basically, that's what it is. And um, uh, I think it's a little bit harder. if, Like, I let my gun license run out, unfortunately. <laughs> I really regret that. Um, but yeah, so to re to have it reissued um, was a little bit dif more difficult to the point where I just went, oh, you know what, forget it. I was leaving the country and everything, so it didn't really matter. Um, but yeah, so we're not fully, fully disarmed. It's just a bit of a hassle. Um, I think if you go to pistol shooting, you have to leave your pistol on the pistol shooting premises for, I don't know, I think there's something thing about like 12 months or something, maybe they can allowed to take it home. I don't know, I shouldn't probably talk about it because I don't know enough about it, but yes, you're right. It's, there's a lot of legislation going on. Um, it's not as easy to just take out your gun and defend yourself, put it that way, and definitely no carrying or in weapons in cars or anything like that. So that's the big difference. I feel like here the left states are losing and the 
right states are winning because they're getting more constitutional carry in the more conservative states and in states like mine more restrictions are going into place last summer they passed a law that we can no longer buy sell or manufacture any magazine over 10 rounds and earlier this year they passed another law that we basically can't have any or can't purchase buy, sell, manufacture any AR-15s or any of that style of rifle. So it's getting worse in right. my yeah, slowly. states like it. That, that's how they're going to get you guys is just do it really slowly, bit, little bit by little bit, and not like a Port Arthur like we had here. They've tried that lots of times. Oh, yeah, they have. They have. It's just too big. America's too big for that. So... Yeah. Australia. Australia's pretty big. It is, but, you know, there's a lot of Australia that's not really inhabited. I mean, mm -hmm. most of the population is around the coast, most. Or, you know, centralised in the desert, sort of. It's not it's like people spattered out in... I mean, there is, but, like, minimal, minimal. You know, you go for miles and then might maybe find a family of four, then go for miles and find another one. But, um, <clears throat> so, yeah, it's just the centralised cities. But, you know... That's what they're doing, and that's the way it is. Not, not a whole lot we can do about it. We don't think we're ever going to get our gun rights back unless we just start manufacturing them somehow. 3D printers. Yeah, this <laughs> yeah. 3D printer revolution is very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I'm excited to see Certainly where it is. goes over the next 10 years. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to police that. Um, I guess not. it's just through people buying stuff i don't know how they do it so uh, i mean a guy I've, I'm, i live in a tiny little town like well not tiny but it's fairly smallish compared to you know sydney or whatever um and just in my little place uh, a few months ago a guy got done for uh having an assault rifle and a couple of other guns and 3d printer plans so it's even going to be things like downloading plans and stuff yeah well, i, I think don't know Go ahead, Firm. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. I think when I talked with Drew, and it might have been pre-show, but he said that the internet laws are pretty restrictive in uh, in your part of the world, Stella, and that you know even if you had you know gone to you know a site and downloaded links, that they would you know be making some house visits if you had anything like that. Yeah. See, even just the threat of it is enough to make you think twice, because. You know, I don't know if – I'm not second-questioning Drew, but um, I, I personally haven't heard of any of that happening. But, yeah, just the threat of it makes – I know, I've, I've sort of thought, you know, through my research, I've wanted to visit a few places, a few sites, and just thought, you know what, I might not <laughs> because I just don't know, you know. So it's sort of sad because that sort of that's a prison in itself. They yeah, I've been really, really curious about it. And I even feel weird, like, should I be looking this stuff up on my devices? Mm. You know, you never know, like, who's going to look at your history and create exactly. a false narrative around who you are. Mm -hmm. Exactly, but that's exactly we, the thing, yeah. We did have, I don't know if you guys saw, they were doing a gun buyback, I think it was in, like, New York or something, and some guy 3D printed, like, 97 guns and sold every single one of them back so yeah. they ended up like changing the rules on it wow yeah, yeah. i mean there's always creative ways of getting around things i suppose <laughs> they had a, a gun buyback program somewhere in south atlanta over here and uh they they had a big line of people bringing in all their guns and antique guns and they didn't know what they had they just knew if they went and dropped these off at the table where the police were they could get i don't know how much it was and so a lot of the gun shops around atlanta came out and they were buying they're paying more for some of the guns that from the people standing in line and uh i thought that was great because some I'm of the surprised guns they didn't get shooed away <laughs> well that's I, a great idea they did eventually but yeah they came out and I'm sure they, uh, I mean, they can't shoo them away. I mean, they're just lawful people exchanging, you know. I guess at the very least they could just hand out business cards and say, 
Hey, yeah. you know, yeah, I'll, I'll give you here and I'll give you a hundred bucks more than they're giving yeah. you. Uh, Cause you know, a lot of the guns that were worth a lot more than what the police were willing to, you know, the little stipend that they were going to give out for it. Yeah. It's a joke how much they offer. Speaking of that, I don't know if you all saw, I think the ATF has issued a, a, uh, some sort of, it's not a ruling, but you know how they issue the guidance for the, you know, they have like a mandatory 90 day comment period before they put stuff on the register. And they're, I think they're trying to redefine, you know, what would require you to have an FFL. So hmm. um, I don't know if any of y'all are familiar with that. And unfortunately, I should have looked this up before the show, <laughs> before I opened my mouth. Um, but if y'all want to fill some dead space, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to <laughs> see if I can pull this up because th- this would be one I would be interested in talking about. Yeah, awesome. And in the meantime, can you fill me in, Keels, or anyone of what's an FFL? If you have an FFL, you, you're officially licensed to sell weapons, sell firearms. So you can oh, be, you okay. can open up a shop and sell them if you have an FFL. It allows you to transfer guns back and forth from manufacturers and wholesalers and stuff. Otherwise, okay. you know, private citizens can do that too. They just won't be able to have a business license to do it, basically. I'd imagine that would be extremely difficult to get hold of one of those licenses. Mm, I don't. Th- I don't think it's that complicated. Really? Yeah, probably. Yeah, it not. sounds pretty easy. I just read a news article about a guy who got raided and they took all of his firearms. And he said the only reason he had FFL in the first place was because the ATF recommended he get one because he was doing so much uh, gun show business. They said that it would be better. I don't know, perks of it or something. And then that gave them the ability to go in and go through all this shit afterwards. So no. it ended up fucking him. I don't remember all the details, but it sounded like he didn't do anything wrong. And they even sent somebody in to try and uh, entrap him. The guy was like asking if he'd sell him a gun and stuff. And he was like, I'm a felon. And he was like, well, that would be illegal. So, no, I won't be selling you a gun. <laughs> Did you get hold of that info, uh, OG? No, I've, I've uh, you know, known people over the years and they say, oh, I've, I've got an FFL. You know, I can, you know, it's, it, it makes it, you know, if you, if you buy guns often enough, maybe you could get an FFL and then it's less expensive to have stuff transferred because you can you know like stuff like a firearm ship from over across state lines and stuff that that may be another reason to get one other than just selling them yeah here we go i think i found it so it says the proposed rule would amend the atf regulations to clarify that the firearm dealing or firearm dealing that requires a license and conduct conducting a background check does not solely occur in brick and mortar stores it encompasses dealing at gun shows, flea market, mail order, and over the internet. The proposed rule reinforces and makes clear that there is no gun show loophole. There is no internet loophole recognized under federal law. Instead, a gun dealer must obtain a license and run background checks no matter uh, what menu the person engages in. So I think a lot of this comes down to is, you know, people selling uh, guns, you know, on Facebook groups, which you know, never happens. You know, people would never be in Facebook trading groups uh, and be selling things, uh, you know. Um, but, you know, they're they're really trying to target, you know, like private citizens just selling guns, right? Like they say, if you keep a ledger of guns that you bought and guns you sold, or if you keep, you know, like a list of, you know, your, your profit and loss, that that can classify you as a dealer. And it's a lot of ambiguous shit that they're going to be able to use and, you know, go and target you. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I do know of someone who buys a lot of guns and they sell them at a flea market and they jack the price up, you know, and they sell to anybody they want. So, you know, is that the right thing to do? Probably not. I mean, you know, <laughs> everybody says the phrase law-abiding gun owners. I don't know what the fuck that is, personally. <laughs> That's um, anybody. 
Yeah, which law are you pre- uh, referring to? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I mean, I think I think it kind of comes down to, you know, not being a shitty person. Like, you know, yeah. if you know some, you know, I'm not, I guess you would call it profiling, but you can probably tell if somebody is actually buying the gun or if they should own a gun. You know, uh, you know, if it's a <laughs> guy that walks up and has got, you know, uh, lightning bolts tattooed on his neck or if it's, you know, he <laughs> you know smells like weed and maybe looks like they engage in some you know unregulated pharma- pharmaceutical sales you know i don't think i would have uh a good time with that being on my conscience you know yeah yeah as a as a dealer usually when you when you go into a gun store typically and the guy's selling you a gun you're usually having a conversation with him and you're handling the gun and he's showing you things and you know, as a gun, as a guns dealer, that's when you get to realize whether or not this person is fit to purchase a gun. You know, I would, I would hope a, a conscientious dealer, I hope they would all be conscientious, but you know, you, you could recognize, you know, what this person is about. And, uh, but other than that, other than that, you know, I say, you know, let the free market reign. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with, you know, everybody being armed. I have a problem with people, you know, not being ethical and moral when it comes to, you know, their own business practices, which I know we we can't regulate morality, but, um, if only, well, like they can try. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) well, yeah, they've been trying. (laughs) The people that don't follow the law are armed anyway. So, yeah. It's yeah, exactly. It's the it ones in uniforms and su- business suits that scare me more. <laughs> yeah. I I can't speak for any other state, but I used to be able to just oh, I don't want this gun anymore. Hey, buddy, you want to buy it or whatever and I'd write up a bill of sale and that was it. And now in my state you have to go to an FFL. They take the gun and do a, a background check and they keep the gun for about a month until you get till the person you're selling to it gets to pick it back up from them. That what, is... So you have to use a middleman. That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. You know, I mean, as devil's advocate, I can see some point in that because there are guns that kill people in crimes that then get traced because they. Do, am I right? Do they have all have a number or something? Don't they? I don't know if they're looking up those guns though. They're looking up the buyer. Yeah, well, but I, mean, I guess it's still tied in, though, isn't it? Like, yeah, you, there's every gun is by law has to have a serial number on it. Otherwise, yeah. it's a ghost gun, and then yeah. you can file those down and stuff. And that's what people do, you know, when they don't when they're going to commit a crime with a gun, you file off the serial number. Then there's less of a paper trail. Or if it's stolen, to you, yeah, or, or if it's stolen. But mm-hmm. you know, if it's stolen. Maybe there's if there's still a serial number on it, it can be traced back to the legitimate owner, and then they can say, "Oh yeah, my house is broken into, mm. you know, two years ago on this day, and oh yeah, we never found this guy, but now we can also pin this murder to him as well if we ever do." So uh, the ATF they'll do something called a forward trace. Like let's say I sell a gun, and you know, years down the road it ends up in a crime, so they w- will you know. They'll contact the D or they'll contact the manufacturer and the manufacturer will say, Hey, I sold it to this wholesaler. This wholesaler will say, well, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy John's gun shop got this. I sold it to this. And then from there they can try to trace it, you know, and see how it got in, you know, the hands of, you know, this person. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and, and the other thing they do is, you know, with the NIBIN, I think it's national Institute of ballistics, something, and, you know, they're trying to trace guns to specific crimes. So, um, and they want to see how the stuff's getting out there. I mean, uh, I talked with somebody here recently that they do some some of that stuff down in the South. And, you know, I know ghost guns have been a topic for a long time. They don't see many of them. Um, it's because, you know, a lot of times these people want guns that work or they're getting, you know, stolen guns out of cars, right? Your car is not a a damn gun safe, Uh, you know, regardless of if it's your property or not. Um, But, you know, it it may be like, you know, 
10, 15% of these are like, you know, ARs that somebody has, you know, milled out from the 80% lower or, you know, the Glocks. Um, most of it's going to be, you know, Glocks, Smiths, SIGs, you know, handguns that, you know, you can smash and grab or, you know, the, you know, the thing now is they, you know, they'll run a car in through the, um, the doors of a gun shop, take hammers, bust out, you know, all the glass, take the guns and they're gone. Mm. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's just a system. I mean, it's no system is infallible, is it? So uh, it'd be just nice to think they were doing it for the right reasons instead of <laughs> the reasons that actually uh, will work to their favour yeah. in the end. When I say they, I mean, it's with a TM afterwards. Yeah, well, I mean, I think any all all the laws are really out there just to keep tabs on the on the population because it makes law enforcement easier when they you know the more the government knows about you and your whereabouts and what you're doing and who you're talking to. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's the that's the old the old chestnut, right? Yeah, that's what a lot of this stuff is. I mean, you sort of asking as many questions as possible, having as many records as possible. I mean, stuff they might ne never use, but if it comes to the point where they need to build a profile, they've got everything that they need. And like, as was evaded to earlier, um, a profile can be built <laughs> around you, which is a real worry for me because that can be a very false profile. Like circumstances are not always as they appear. Um, sometimes things slip through the cracks or sometimes something happens for some other reason that's not as it appears. So yeah, that's a bit of a worry, but, um, it is what it is, I suppose. Yeah. Well, there is one other, uh, gun thing that I, I do want to just mention. Uh, it's going to be funny to see how Hunter Biden's, um, oh, new yeah. charges play out because as someone who is pro second amendment, I think they have a very legitimate argument, um, for, you know, him not being charged for lying on the federal form because, you know, he was addicted to guns. Uh, I think that is, we're going to see if the Bruin, uh, decision really holds up. Um, okay. For those who don't know, including partially myself, can we just <laughs> give a quick rundown on this situation? Just a real quick. Uh, summary of killed how much do you know about this i am actually reading through the article right now i well what i know about it is that uh, hunter biden was uh currently at the time he purchased a handgun he was going through uh drug rehab or something like that so he was uh under the influence like he was in that stage of his life and it's it's not legal to buy a gun whatever the technical specifications are, you can't buy a gun if you're on drugs, basically. When you when you fill out the background check, it asks you if you use any yeah. recreational drugs. So and, I assume he said no. Right. I wonder how many people buying. would actually write yes. <laughs> would that happen? I don't know. But yeah, so basically that. He lied on a federal form and purchased a gun illegally. And so now the he can technically, in theory, be charged and convicted of uh, a gun crime at this point. And to be honest, I think Fraud. it's it's pretty stupid. Yeah. I could go in there wasted and fill out that background form and buy a gun, no problem. But but if you use drugs, it's a different story. Well, technically, it, it says, I think, are you uh, addicted to drugs or alcohol? So, you know. Uh, I don't remember it ever asking about alcohol. Yeah, uh, I don't remember what it says either. I I guess we could look it up, I suppose. But uh, yeah, so he, he lied on the form. He purchased a gun illegally, technically speaking. And so now they're going after him. They're going to uh, charge him with that. It's not going to go anywhere. It's just one of these political things, political theater. Yeah, exactly. It just sounds like they're going after him for anything that's going to take the heat. Well, they're not, the though. Laptop. There were much worse things they could have gone after him for. And I would say the gun charge is the <laughs> least of them. There but that's what I mean. Girls in those pictures of him on that laptop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean, though. This is like a, the, the distraction from that. It's like people are just probably going, oh, at least they're getting in for something, and that might lead to, but we know it's not going to. Yeah. He'll probably pay the price for this particular crime, which is absolutely nothing, 
as opposed to actually what he should be paying the price for. But yeah, they're yeah, they're just whatever. playing lip lip service to the Republicans. Oh yeah, we got to get Hunter Biden. Mm. Okay, well, okay, we'll charge him with this. Is that, exactly. is that good enough? You know, okay. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to investigate all of his international business dealings or anything like that. That's just going to get ignored completely. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Meanwhile, they found a bag of coke in the White House about a month yeah. ago. Yeah. And, oh. <laughs> Eh, we couldn't figure out where, where it came from. Oh, well. Eh, we'll just. <laughs> that was so last month. Maybe that was like the ghost of uh, uh, Marilyn Monroe and JFK. <laughs> or maybe, was... maybe Bill Clinton made a walkthrough. I think it was an old stash that they found from JFK days. Yeah. Or, you know, it could have been Bush's uh, drugs. Wasn't yeah, he, he was... back in the day? He was back, back, back in the day, but he supposedly cleaned himself up and. It could have been any number of them. <laughs> he was a teetotaler, so you know, officially when he was president. So you never know. But the, tea, the a tea totalitarian. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, the cocaine could have been from um, way back in the day when that stuff was used medicinally. You know, like in the twenties or thirties or whenever. <laughs> right? Who was president back then? Rockefeller. <laughs> Maybe just fell out of the wall, you know. <laughs> I could see, I could see Woodrow Wilson's wife using some coke back in the day, considering that she basically ran the country, uh, you know, the last <laughs> year of his presidency. Or maybe Barack had Larry Sinclair over at the White House, and that's where the bag came from. That's another one. What, what's y'all's take on that? I, th I find the whole situation hilarious. I mean, because it was back out in public you know, rumbled about back in 2007 and eight. I mean, am I the only one that remembers that kind of being murmured about? Was that the guy that gave the interview that said that he, and he hooked up with Obama? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, I, I, yeah. Tripoli just did know. a, he does this podcast lately called deep conspiracy rewind or something like that. And he just played the press conference that Sinclair did in 2008 explaining everything that went on but the no agenda guys were saying that they remember larry sinclair being hit by a car in like 2015 and dying or something like that so they were thinking this isn't even the same guy wow mandela effect now there's a conspiracy and i haven't looked that up yet so i can't i don't well, have an opinion our eyes on that one sounds intriguing could be a clone. <laughs> not sure about this cloning thing. I'm just not sure. They can manufacture embryos now, so. Yeah. Wait, really? When's that been? Has it been a recent development, or have they? Just... Yeah, there was an China. article. Was it? No, it was uh, Belgium. I think it was Belgian scientists. They had used oh. stem cells to assemble a human embryo. And like, like they incur, like they, you know, programmed the stem cells because you, because they're kind of blank slates. You can tell them whatever they you want them to do. And they programmed them in a way that they created a, a model of a human embryo. And it wasn't a fucking, like a real full blown human embryo because it wouldn't have grown and turned into a human at that point. But it was enough of an embryo type organic thing that it <clears throat> created, um, um, what do you call it? Um, not uh, hormones. It created hormones that would test positive on a pregnancy test. So it was a scientific marvel that they, they did. Now the rationale was if we can study uh, embryos at this stage, then we can learn all about um, defects, birth defects that occur largely in the, at that stage of development and find out new ways to prevent them. But on the other hand, this is, uh, you know, uh, 007 evil, you know, crazy mad scientist stuff, <laughs> you know? It is. It's called it synthetic embryology. Yeah. This is like Island of Dr. Moreau kind of stuff going on. It sure is. But, you know, gee, what a surprise. Hollywood knew. <laughs> Yeah. Which tells us, you know, they're probably doing it way back then when they made the film. Well, certainly had it in the in the wings. I think that was an H.G. Wells uh, story, wasn't it? 
Dr. Moreau. The island of Dr. Moreau. Oh, mm -hmm. gosh, I should know that. No. Uh, Somebody wrote it a long, long time ago. And that movie that, um, what's his name, was in. Am I going to have a retirement job now? Being a sperm donor? Am I not needed anymore? No, <laughs> no they didn't. That, that was the thing. That was like the headline was they created an embryo without sperm or, nor eggs nor uh, womb. It was just, they just created it out of Petri nothing. dish, basically. Yeah. yeah. And a, a bit of goo. Uh, yes, it was indeed H.G. Wells. Yes. Herbert George. 1896, this was written. Wow. I used to love the time machine. Yeah. Yeah, right. That was good. Good one. Yeah. So, I enjoyed the Time Machine movie from the 50s, but the Time Machine movie from whenever the hell was awful. Yeah, I was liked the old the one. remake? Yeah, the remake. I don't know if I ever finished the new one. Newer was, one. It was probably it 15 was years ago. It was so awful. It just completely went off the rails. <laughs> a lot of remakes do, don't they? But you know. They usually get the credit for a great story. Most people yeah, I don't, don't realize that remakes are actually remakes. I don't blame them, though. I mean, I do blame them for making a bad movie, but you can't just remake the exact same movie. You got to spin it in a new way that's modern and whatever the hell, but just yes, don't update make one. the technology, basically. <laughs> that's the answer. <laughs> yeah. Make your it money a good one. A, yeah, make a good movie. <laughs> well, that's what they were saying the other day, that you know, so many things have been done to death now. It's like there's just remakes. You know, why can't people come up with some new ideas and... I think that I don't know if it's still going on. There's something about the scriptwriters over there. I mean, yeah, there's, there's a, a world full of millions of people who've churned out some incredible stuff and amazing books and a lot of, you know, same with songs as well. Um, incredible genius things that just get completely ignored. There's mm -hmm. got to be some things out there, you know, but it's all about the narrative, isn't it? So Yeah, there's still a writer's strike, I think, still going on. I haven't been keeping track of that, but. Now, I remember that going on years and years and years ago. Is that still going on or is it just on and off? No, it, it happens once in a while. They'll, they'll strike for a season, you know, and then so all the TV shows will have, have really, really stupid plots going on. But then they'll, they'll figure it out and they'll come back and then it'll be the same old crap again. Speaking of strikes, uh, did y'all see that the big three uh, automakers are having uh, workers strike at several of their plants yeah it started yesterday yep uh the union was wanting what like a 40 percent increase in pay holy crap wow it's wish i could get ask. a 40 percent increase in pay <laughs> well you just gotta quit wait long enough and then come back to your job <laughs> yeah, that doesn't happen in my industry <laughs> when you say the big three og what do you mean uh what would it be chrysler ford and gm yeah, yeah, I saw, saw Ford, GM, and there was another name, so they must be the owner of Chrysler because I had never heard of the name before. Yeah, so, well, Chrysler's changed too many hands. I, I don't think it's owned? Fiat anymore, is it? I, I don't Chrysler know. Got, no. I thought Chrysler became something else years ago. Daimler uh, Chrysler? Yeah, I think that's what it was. Right. I don't know. I wouldn't own any before product. That's just me. Mm. I like my trucks to drive and not be in the shop. That's why I have a Toyota. <laughs> oh, you can't beat Toyota, honestly. I've, I've had uh, experience with now, what, two Camry sedans. And they just go on and on. I mean, you, of course, you've got to well-maintain them. So, yes, mm -hmm. the mechanic gets re visited on the regular basis, and that's the key, obviously. But, um, oh, Toyota Camry, if you ever get a chance to get one. I don't know what they're like now, but I'm talking, you know, around the turn they're... of the millennium. <laughs> yeah, I don't like them 2002-ish. They're fine. Toyota's Fine. great cars. Yeah, Stellantis but, is the third company. Stellantis. Like Stella NTIS. Stellantis. Hmm. Never heard of them. Me either. What, did, what vehicles do they make? Maybe hmm. it's Jeep. So you're a truck man, OG. You just drive the old... Uh, yes, I... I uh, it's Chrysler. Chrysler, okay. Yeah, I've got a Tacoma, and then uh, I've driven a lot of Fords, unfortunately, in my life. Um, hey, hey. <laughs> I, I like them, but I know uh, I know my old work truck was uh, it was drinking a lot of oil. So, but you know that's what happens when you don't maintain a vehicle. You know, mm -hmm. I, I learned my lesson on that one. Not that I 
really care because I wasn't paying for it. But, you know, that's uh, kind of been a newsflash. You know, if you don't maintain anything and you just run something into the ground, you know, it's not going to work. I mean, like a little bit of effort goes a long way with a vehicle. A hundred percent. Just follow the regular schedule maintenance on your owner's manual and you'll be fine. What I can't get over how much damn cars are costing. And, you know, somebody, I mean, I get it. People need new vehicles, but what fucking idiot has a car loan for seven to 10 years? I mean, and just think how much money the bank makes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, hell, they'll, they'll finance anything. You know, they all they see is dollars, but well, they're cutting down on that now. Oh, really? Yeah, everything's got to crash, up? it sounds like. I was going to say, I heard between the uh, slow up on new car sales and the glutton of chips that are supposed to be out there, the used car market is going to supposed to be, you know, back in being a buyer's market, not a seller's market in the next six to 12 months. Yeah, I think uh, it's already hit. I hope direction. so. It's, it's, cool. it's, I don't know, is it the same over there? So secondhand cars are really expensive now. Is that what's happened with you guys? Yeah, they were offering more than I paid for my car like a year after I bought it. <laughs> right. I mean, you, that's unheard of. So, yeah, exactly the same here. It was just around about the time that I kind of decided that I might start looking for a little camper van. And, I mean, so the secondhand car value thing went up for whatever reason it was. And also we had floods around here. So all of a sudden they were really sought after. So it was like yeah. the worst time ever to look for a camper van. Um, yeah. And everything's very expensive now. So I've sort of given up on that idea. So that's good news. I hope that happens here too. Yeah. Those campers are really expensive here too. Cause everybody lives in them now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Van life. That's a yep. thing, isn't it? It is. Well, it's also all the, Homeless communities just have RVs up and down the roads in the big cities. Yep, there's, there's one living more and more. literally in front of my building at work. Right. Mm. And it's back to that you... Larry Sinclair thing really quick. I'm yeah. seeing dozens of articles from 2011 that he was hit and killed by a car. Really? So who was who gave that recent interview, or is that not a recent interview? It was recent. He was on Tucker. So That's it was weird. His, his death was a hoax, or is that a different person? One of the one or the other. <laughs> I thought he was alleged to have had multiple lovers. Who? Barack? Uh, Barry? Barack, Barack the insane. Beza. Probably. Who knows? Well, yeah, I mean this is just the one you hear about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean if if you're smoking crack and having sex with men, I mean I'm sure it wasn't just one guy you were with monogamous yeah exactly yeah i ended having, up with michael but that having never the end of the line. in that situation I, I can't speak directly to it but yeah i'm sure you're right <laughs> speculative only yeah unfortunately clear I, on that? I went to a college where there was a large amount of the uh lgbt whatever we're calling them now and mm. it it surprised me you know, how many people you would have never thought, you know, either hit it really well or after they got out of school just came out. And it's like, oh, that makes a lot of sense now. But yeah, <clears throat> when I was in high school, gay people didn't exist, you know, like they did, but they're just there weren't any in our school. Right. They just they weren't there. Sort of. We we kind of had our suspicions, but it wasn't a. a popular thing to do so they just they weren't out right um and this recently there was a i think it was the last super bowl there was a a commercial and one of the characters in the commercial was wearing a sweatshirt with my high school's mascot written across the front of it and i I saw it and i was like holy crap wow there you there it is And, and so i looked it up and the guy that like wrote the script for that commercial or directed it or something was a kid in my high school class. And I was like, wow, great. Good for him. And I found out, Oh, he's, uh, he's living in uh, Portland, Oregon with his, his husband. And I thought, Oh, okay. Well, all right. 
And then I remember thinking back and thinking, oh, okay, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I'm happy for him now. But uh, he he wasn't he wasn't that he wasn't gay back then, but now he is. And and of course, what I'm getting at is he just wasn't openly gay back then. But uh, not someone that you would have suspected as being gay. No, well, I mean, looking back, yeah, he he had you know, <laughs> he 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 was. I'm not surprised. Did the high yeah. heels give it away at all? Or? Yeah. You know, like I had just, you know, did whatever. you look at your yearbook photos and you're like, Oh God, yep. This makes a lot of sense. <laughs> no, I, I remember him. I, I wasn't friends with him really, but I remember the guy and you know, mm. it's just, uh, yeah, you just you never know. know. Things, things change, you know, it's, uh, I'm sure he was always gay, but he just, uh, back, back then in the nineties, it wasn't a, as popular a thing to do. Probably just drank too much soy milk. Whatever. Could be. I don't know. What is it? Atrazine? Is that what they're putting in the water that makes the frogs gay? Yes, I believe so. Alex Jones is right <laughs> again. Mm-hmm. Here he goes. Hit the target. <laughs> so, OG, I when you were job last night a lot, you were playing what? what? I was in the VC last night. I kept playing the Alex Jones soundboard <laughs> drops of that. <laughs> Turning the frogs gay. Got the paperwork. Yeah, he's certainly an amusing character. And I used to listen to that guy all the time, Alex Jones. That's a story and a discussion in itself, really, Mr. Jones. Mm-hmm. So, OG, <laughs> I was just going to ask you uh, when it all just gets a little bit too crazy, where you hit the off button, what do you do to keep your sanity? Well, I don't know how much sanity I had from the start. Um, you know, here lately, I've been I've been trying to work on myself a little more. I've started a, a new job. And, uh, you know, the, the thing I've found that helps me the most is just either deactivating or removing the social media off your phone. I know we had kind of discussed uh, that, you know, there's just so much negativity, you know, out mm-hmm. there. I mean, especially, you know, in this community, you know, it's hard not to be blackpilled. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I've just, I've tried to spend some more time with family, with friends, you know, go outside, touch grass, you know, realize that the world isn't, you know, maybe as bad of a place as I think it is because the internet's not a real place, you know? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. We are sort of living in a virtual world, really in parallel. Um, I feel sorry for the younger generations because, you know, we kind of grew up, you know, the internet we we saw the internet start. So when we were on it early, we kind of got over that hump where you realize, yeah, this is just, this is all kind of fake fun, but fake. And yeah, here we are. I spend more times with more time with you guys than I do (laughs) with people in real life. So when you get connection, (laughs) you know, I mean, but it, you don't, it's kind of like, you know, working with somebody for years and then you meet them, you know, at a function uh, and you don't really know them, you know, mm-hmm. you can have a good rapport and have good conversations, but, you know, until you meet somebody and see their mannerisms and how they, you know, react and, you know, you don't yeah. really know anybody. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. It is strange. I mean, yeah, we, we don't even know what Stella looks like. We've been friends for years. <laughs> doesn't really matter though, does it? <laughs> I have my suspicions. I think she's somebody famous and she just can't reveal herself <laughs> this whole time. There are many, many reasons. I could go into them all, but then I would expose a whole bunch of stuff. So, you know, <laughs> I'll just leave it the way it is. If it ain't broken, don't fix it. Uh, yeah, um, it's very true. We have to connect with the organic world and, and what we were saying. Uh, yes, I feel very much for the modern generations. I mean, I see it in my own son and he's sort of probably not even what I could consider. There's been another generation sort of almost since him, but, um, uh, I mean, his, his lady that he's with now, he was having a relationship with her for almost two years uh, on the internet. She was in another country, um, before they met and I mean, they're happy as Larry now. Um, but that was, it's just sort of the way of the world. It's all changed. I can't imagine meeting someone sort of online and having a happy, you know, forever after type thing, but it happens all the time, doesn't it? But yeah, like you said, because we've had a, you know, in our sort of generation, we've had, well, maybe not, OG is actually a lot younger than he sounds. 
So oh, it's yeah. quite quite deceptive. <laughs> yep. But I'll, I'll, be, I'll be having a birthday here in four days. So. Oh, right. Okay. I'll make yep. a note of that. Yep. Right. Happy birthday. Happy yes. birthday. Thank you. Yep. I, I'm getting close to 30, knocking on the door. No way. I would have guessed like what? 50 with that voice. <laughs> I <Yeah>. know. Oh. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I had uh, visions. I don't know if anyone remembers Grizzly Adams. Does anyone yes. remember yeah. Grizzly Adams? That's mm -hmm. that's sort of what I the picture I had with OG, and then he told me he was well, really young. He, like, uh, OG, you you do sound wiser than your peers. Yes, wise. Well, you know, if you do enough dumb shit, you have to <laughs> kind of learn and grow up. But you know, my problem is, I'm I'm really I, I joke with everybody there. Why why do you have the name OG that bot? I'm like, well, you know, I look like a forty year old man, but in in my head and my mentality, I'm really just a sixteen year old kid. You know, I don't want to grow up. It's expensive and it sucks. <laughs> I don't want an adult anymore. Yeah, yeah, adulting sucks. You. I'm with you <laughs> on that one. Yep. We, we can all just be constant, perpetual teenagers. I love that, that wisdom comes with just doing too much dumb shit. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> there you go. But, but it's true, yeah. I mean, we've, we've grown up in the, um, sort of with both sides of the fence, I suppose. So we know what we're missing. Um, because our foundation has been, you know, drinking out of garden hoses and, you know, riding push bikes without helmets and all that sort of thing and coming home when the sun goes down. Um, whereas the street lights turn on. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. um, you know, the modern generation is sort of there inside looking out the window. That's how mm -hmm. I kind of perceive it. Occasionally they step outside. <laughs> I know that's not, it's not, you know, that's a very generic box to put them all in but you know what i mean it's a stereotype of it's, it is we are in the metaverse we don't realize how how in it we really are we, it's not something on the horizon we're in it so, yeah i saw my nephew recently and all his cousins were around and it was like a ufc fight watch party so there's tons of people there and his head was in his phone the entire time he just turned 14 and right. i just remember at that it, i mean I, I'm on my phone a lot now too, but my life's pretty much over anyway. But <laughs> at 14, I was oh out hanging out trying to find, find, yeah, I'm definitely married and she makes all the decisions. So I didn't know I would be She's here decided your life is 10 over. <laughs> minutes before the podcast started. But uh, at 14, I was trying to find girls and hang out with my buddies, play basketball in the yard or football or yeah. whatever, just do stuff. I mean, I watch a lot of TV too, but it rains here nine months of the year. So there's that. Yeah. There's something to be said mm. for not having anything to do, you know, cause I think it forces you to come up with creative solutions, whether they're, mm -hmm. you know, on the up and up or not, but you, you have to come up with something to entertain yourself. And nowadays you just have a phone and there's a screen and there's stuff and, and that sucks all that away, I think. Entertainment but, in a box, yeah, it kind of kills creativity a little bit. But I well, think I think when you used to game with friends, you had to be on a computer at a desk, and now I think they're doing it on their phones, like nonstop. Yeah, yeah. they can sit outside That's in true. nature and play their games. <laughs> but I, I think this is the same argument that it, every generation has. You know, when TV came into existence, they had the same little, you know, TV rots your brain. That was the whole thing. And, and then video games came and, you know, that same thing in the eighties and nineties. And so now is it, is this really any different? I don't know, but it seems like it's more, it's, it's too easy to, to get video and streaming and wherever, wherever you are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Your, my dad did lock me out of the house one time because I wanted to watch <laughs> TV and he was like, no, you're going out and play. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I had, that happened to me too a couple of times, but. Um, yeah, well, I come from the, you know, the days where there were time restrictions, not so much in my house, but a lot of my friends were like, they were allowed to watch an hour of TV in the afternoon. And if they had brothers and sisters, they'd get, or get a choice of an hour and, you know, so it was quite strict, certainly didn't do us any harm, but, uh, yeah, I agree with you, OG. It's uh, good to get outside and get your feet on the ground and, um, connect with nature. And this, I mean, it's so, such a healing thing to do with, you know, whatever metaphysical quantum reason. It is. It just is. You you can feel it. Um, just to be, I don't know, what is it? Just the freedom of having the air around you and the, the, the sounds that are, are distant as well as close. And it's that depth. I think that, that's what it is. It's the depth of life that we kind of seems to have it's become a little bit 2D, 
hasn't it? Something we have to keep uh, keep in contact with. Yeah. Would you agree? Yep, sun does wonders. Yeah, it sure does. All right, well, um, we're sort of getting up to the top of the hour now, so um, I guess we should really let OG go because I believe he has some other things to do. So um, thank you very much for joining us, OG. It's been fun talking to you, and um, thank you for having me on your show. Can you tell us about your podcast? I wanted to ask you a little bit more about that, but the time yeah. seemed to have slipped away. Yeah, well, it's fine. Um, I don't know. I'll give you maybe the 90-second elevator pitch. Uh, yeah. So I, I quit my job back in May and, you know, um, Mike, easy peasy, uh, podcast, you know, what the fuck for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been on a show or two of his and, you know, he eventually I got on the forum and I was like, you know what, this is, it may, maybe this is something I want to do. Anyways, I go to Childerberg out in Texas and, uh, one of the guys out there, Walt, uh, he goes, you know, man, everybody should have a podcast. And I'm like, you know, I don't know what I'm going to talk about, but, you know, I'm just going to kind of use it as cheap therapy. And uh, anyways, I run back into Mike a little later in the night and uh, uh, there might have been some adult beverages consumed. And uh, I was talking with him. He's like, it's something about a whole lot. You know, I don't. He's like, what are you going to talk about? I'm like, I don't know. A whole lot of nothing. And he's like, that should that's it. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I, I, you know, I'll be honest. I would have to go back and listen to one of my episodes because I think I talked about it. But you know, it's just, it's good to get out and you know talk with people and interact. I mean, you know, uh, there's a lot of cool people who have cool. I mean, you know, they have cool stories, cool experiences, and everybody's got something to share, right? You know, uh, mm-hmm. the the last thing, and I'll end it is I have a lot of people that I would like to talk to that like I can have full blown, you know, hours long phone conversation, but I can't get them on the, on, on a podcast. And they say, well, I don't have anything to say. I'm like, yeah, you do. We just spent a fucking hour on the phone. You know, the only difference in us sitting on the phone and us getting on the podcast is the podcast, you know, is being recorded the phone, you know, you don't know, but uh, yeah, it's been good. Uh, it's it's fun. I'm probably not going to make many more episodes probably until the first of the year. I've got a backlog that I'll probably have until end of December. So we'll right, see how okay. it turns out. It's it's a fun time, though. I recommend everybody do it. So Yeah, I, I think you're right. It is sort of a little bit like um, a self-therapy sort of thing. And, and it's funny. Yeah, look, in the industry, we call it red light fever. As soon as that record button gets hit, oh, my gosh, everything just changes. The world collapses. <laughs> That imper- that beautiful take that you just did, you know, when you knew no one was listening, is just that's gone. That's history. <laughs> I could definitely relate to that. I have a buddy who, when he felt out that I was awake, he's been sending me videos nonstop. He's like the biggest conspiracy theorist I know right now. Like he just dives down every rabbit hole, and I was like, "Why don't you?" I was like, "I have a show. Why don't you come on sometime?" He's, oh, I couldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> This is what you do like all day, every day. <laughs> Just talk about it. He's I like, know. Maybe if I had a couple of drinks or something, I was like, that's fine too. I'm having <laughs> yeah. them every time. Work. <laughs> it's the consciousness thing. Um, OG, where can we find your podcast? Uh, so I am on YouTube. I think that's OG Deadbod One. Uh, OG Deadbod, OG Deadbod One. I'm on Twitter. Um, I have an Instagram, but it's more a personal thing. And I'm on Spotify and Google Podcasts, but I don't know who uses that. Uh, there's some other stuff I want to get on, but honestly, at this point, it's not worth the effort. So if somebody can talk me into it or walk me through it, I'm still trying to figure out this Mac. So uh, if but, yeah. you have an RSS feed, you're going to reach most people. Yeah, yeah every, they all they all go out. They get if you have it in one place, it eventually filters down to all the different places. Yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to do anything. I, I hope it becomes more conversation and less ranting before long, but you know, we'll we'll see how it plays out. But uh, I I have enjoyed it. Uh, I don't know if y'all are going to keep recording or if we're all jumping off. Uh, but thank y'all for having me on. Yeah, it was great uh, to meet you. Thanks for joining. Yeah. Us. Thanks a lot, OJ. Thank you. I thought whole lot of nothing was a Led Zeppelin reference. Is it? Well, whole, whole lot, lot of love, love is um, oh. their song. Shit, I. I <laughs> 
You're not aware of that? Oh, okay. Well, you must I go and even, listen to I Whole Lot of Love by Led Zeppelin. I mean, like, so the picture is from the Grand Canyon, and I was just, you know, I took a, I took a road trip, and it just it put a lot of things in perspective. And it's like, you know, I could just sit down here and just, you know, I, I, I couldn't do, you know, I could do nothing and be happy for the rest of my life. So <laughs> I could know. too. Yeah. Give me a handful yeah. of books and I'm happy. Yep. It's oh, a yeah. pretty good world out there if you just go out and uh, find some of it. <laughs> Thank you, OG, for being our guest. We really appreciate it. If you want to hang around and chat afterwards or you want to go, that's totally up yeah, to you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Kiels and Perm for joining the show. Really appreciate that. Great to see everyone. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. All the best. Take care. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Union of the Unknowns. You can find new episodes every week on all your favorite podcasting networks.